So, season 13. We, we have a choice here how we want to start this. We could be, you know, the two stooges that we normally are and, you know, start doing uh, pranks and wear funny hats and helmets and stuff like that. And I'm sure we'll do that at some point this season. Yeah, or eventually, or, yeah, we, we could be a little bit, you know, salty and uh, you know, preachy and the, the stuff that you're used to from at least me, even JB at times. Uh, I mean, let, let, let's try that one. Hey, Big Ten, good to have you back. Thanks for screwing up the entire college football season for everybody. Uh, Pac-12, yeah, for the second time. Thanks. Yeah, Pac-12. If they can get rapid testing in the Big Ten, what's taking you so long? You, you're you in Silicon Valley, uh, the, the Biotech Central and everything else out there. How are you not getting rapid testing yet? The Big Ten is. Don't know that one. Hey, uh, Mac Sports, uh, not the Mac in Division Three, but the one in Division One. would you please, you know, undo what you started? Because you started these dominoes, really, when it came down to it in Division One. But when it comes to Division Three, there are games. We have games to talk about. Not as many as we'd like to, but we've got an announcement to make here. And you may have seen the news. This is releasing right as the news is releasing. We'll tell you on the other side of the open, which is our new Season 13 open with pictures from Season 12, among others. Uh, but JB, we, we had a real dilemma here. Do we go with a Season 13 at all this year? Or do we basically sit back and say, see you next year, everyone. Yeah, I think as long as there's a chance for games to be played and some stuff to be talked about, maybe we can't do it a couple times a week like we had for the last, oh my gosh, what is it? Uh, September 24th, 2008 was the original kickoff day, and here we are almost literally 12 years later still doing this thing. Um, I know I wasn't a co-host initially. I just kind of bugged you in long enough where you guys finally were like, okay, Baker, you can join. But yeah, we can't give this up. We love this. I mean, if, even if it's not multiple times a week, we're going to put some content out there. If there's news, we're going to try and break it like this one. This is this is great news for the East region and I think for the country overall because some of the teams involved are just a little, you know, a little extra special. And, and you'll see what I mean when we uh, when we come back in a bit. Well, it, folks across the country right now are yelling at their screen. If you got news to break, shut up, Frank and James, and let's do it. So let's do it here on season thirteen of In the Huddle. Gosh, it feels like it took forever <laughs> to say that, uh, season 13, yeah. thing, because it's been huh. a month later than Lucky we're used 13. to. Yep. You know, it is ironic. You brought up on the uh, beginning part of the show here that we didn't start this show until September 24th of 2008. We caught basically the Liberty League's league season starting up when Eric Ren and I started this uh, back when. So this is not unheard of for us. And by the way, what else is not unheard of? is a Secretary's Cup game possibly starting the schedule for the two teams in some meaningful way. Guess what? Let's break the news right now. And you're going to see that indeed the Secretary's Cup is playing 
on November 14th, 2020. Hey, 2020. So far, you haven't uh, screwed this one up for us. It's the Superintendent's Trophy. I, I think I miscalled it. Uh, the Commissioner's Cup or something like that. Commissioner's Cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah Secretary's uh, Trophy. Uh, Coach Mike Toop is coming up in uh, a little bit to discuss this. In a very little bit. We'll put him at the front of the show. But, yeah, he, he has his mustache going on right now. That that much I took away from that. You'll want to see that. COVID can't stop the mustache. Nope. <laughs> but... It is uh, part of three games between Merchant Marine and Coast Guard. Uh, and again, you can see volleyball on October 24th, soccer on October 31st, both at Coast Guard. And then at Merchant Marine Academy, the football game on the 14th of November. That's a Saturday. Uh, I've got nothing planned. I'm going to be there. JB, we'll see what you're going to do. But boy, you and I had learned about the possibility of this over the last week, especially, and we yeah, never before have we, yeah, we've never focused on one game so excitedly before. You take nothing for granted in this age of COVID, and we can't even take for granted that the game will actually play at this point because of things that can change. But right now, it just feels good to break some news that players will be taking the field in Division Three beyond just the HCAC teams, the Heartland teams that we'll talk about later on after the interview with Coach Toop. How are you feeling about this? Uh, well, I think it's great. I mean, given the fact that, you know, these are the schools that are, you know, training the young men and women to help, you know, serve and, and protect the country. I mean, if anyone deserves to play uh, this fall, it's 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 these kids and, and not just football. I mean, it's great that we've got um, some other sports in there, soccer, volleyball. Um, it just these uh, these people with all the sacrifices that they make um, for them for, for just you know, you you and me, everybody. Uh, they they deserve the opportunity, and it's great that uh, there's going to be a chance for them to get on the field, even if it's just one time. Uh, classic rivalry, like we've said before, it's kind of like the little Army Navy game, um, so to speak. Although I think Norwich sometimes might want to say, "Hey, wait a minute," because <laughs> they're you know they're you know, th- those those cadets are definitely more on the Army side. It's it's maybe it's like you know Navy Navy or <laughs> something. But anyway, uh, it's it's an exciting time for for, for these. Uh, players and coaches like Coach Toop, like like Coach Grant, who we had um, kind of ironically at the tail end of last season. And um, so, yeah, his first game as head coach is going to be for the Cup right out of the gate. So pretty exciting stuff. We did uh, extend our invitation to uh, folks at Coast Guard to join us, unfortunately, because of short notice and everything that's going on right now and COVID on top of everything else. Uh, they were not able to uh, meet our deadline for this. We wanted to get this news out right as the school's announced today at 6 o'clock. That's Monday evening, 6 p.m. Eastern time is when this show drops, but obviously it'll be available for everybody to look at after that fact. But uh, we will have uh, some Coast Guard reaction at another time, I'm sure, and uh, as we prepare for this game, and we'll see uh, if we maybe even do a pregame uh, game day type approach like we did at Brockport. We discussed that with Coach Toop coming up. But we wanted to talk with Coach Toop about how this even got off the ground and what's going to happen here. How, how, how come this game is going to be played despite some of the challenges we see Division Three versus Division One type stuff? And we want to you know, go straight to the source and we always know he's going to be no holds barred, and he's uh, he delivers again here on our show. So let's go to our interview with Merchant Marine Academy head coach Mike Toop. 
I'm trying to remember if we ever had him actually in the three box like this, JB. I don't think we have. I've, I've interviewed him on the field. He's talked about, you know, where, where's JB? We did the audio uh, interviews with him back in the old days. Mike Toop, good to have you with us, Coach. And uh, boy, of, of all people that I thought would be breaking news with this, I didn't think it would be you for all these good reasons uh, that are going on right now. How's it feel to be basically breaking news that you're going to be the first East Region game that we know of currently to announce playing? I don't know why you're surprised that we're doing it, so that that's a direct insult. I'm not surprised. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, great. Uh, I'm just, and I'm sure I can speak for, for, the, for the Coast Guard uh, players as well, I'm just really happy for the first classmen, the seniors that are going to have an opportunity to play a game. It's good news. Yeah, and for some coach that, that may not be as familiar with the, the Merchant Marine and Coast Guard Academies, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, will just say, oh, you, know, you can play in the spring. Why don't you let everybody out there know that why spring football isn't probably a realistic deal for the academy guys? Well, I, I can only speak for us. You know, we're very unique even compared to the other service academies because all every midshipman here uh, will spend 12 months out at sea or away from the academy. Uh, as sophomores, they're gone for four months. As juniors, they're gone for eight months. So my guys are gone in the spring, so it would be virtually impossible for us to try and field a team with just seniors and plebes. So we, we, there's no chance that we could play in the spring. So, Coach, we've been trying to follow different schools that have not technically fully canceled across the country. And we had some uh, HCAC teams, the Heartland Conference teams, uh, that are going to try to go with it. Trine had a game schedule that got canceled, actually, this weekend uh, with an NAIA team. Uh, but there will be some Division III uh, versus Division Three games in between them, Adrian, Manchester, and Bluffton, I believe it is. But the thing we're all focused on is – how are you going to make it happen? Because obviously this COVID world we're living in is making it a major challenge with testing, etc. Division three does not have the access to rapid testing that the Big Ten and the uh, Pac-12 are basically touting as they change their minds on things right now. So what kind of challenge was it to get Coast Guard to agree to this game? And what kind of protocols are being put into place to the degree that you can identify them currently? We still have about seven weeks plus till the game. Yeah, well, it's it's seven weeks away, so you're concerned because a lot of a lot of negative things can happen between now and then, you know. Especially as the weather gets colder, you know, anytime a kid gets a little bit of a runny nose, he's going to be tested automatically. So that's a bit of a concern. But you know, I, I and again, I'll only speak for us, just to try and put these pieces into place. You know, you got to tip your hat to the administration here, trying to make these things work. Uh, we, you know, our medical people in conjunction with what we've done so far, being on the field. And again, we've only, we're on the field three times a week. Uh, we've kind of quote unquote eased into it. Uh, we've only been, we have, uh, actually made social distancing sticks for the coaches where, you know, if it comes too close, the player comes too close, we'll hold the stick to make sure we're a certain distance away from them. So it's, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but we're being smart about things. The nice thing for us is ever since we came back and we start classes the last week in July, 
ever since the mids have been back, no one's left. And the mids voted to stay and, and, and basically stay in what we call the KP bubble right now, where they haven't left campus at all. So that's made it easier. Uh, anytime we've had, you know, just my understanding, obviously there's a lot of FERPA laws and all of those types of things, but, you know, the, the reports we get back from the guys that if someone, you know, they had some kind of fever or something and been tested, they've been negative. So, so far, so good, you know, I'll knock on wood a little bit, but, you know, hopefully that'll continue. So it's, it's going to be a challenge, but we're, we're hoping that both, both academies are going to be able to, you know, stay safe and do things the right way. Coach, I know I think we've got some uh, some video from your SID, Joe Guster, and uh, tell us a little bit, of, you know, about what it was like when you had the chance to address the team and, and give them the good news. I imagine, you know, the reaction was positive, but tell us what that was like for you to kind of, to get the to get the info that this game, uh, the Secretary's Cup was going to happen. And what, what did it feel like when you finally let the guys know? Yeah, it was, you know, it, it was tremendous, obviously, again, for the guys. You know, we, we had started a while back, and we were hoping to try and get a game with with West Point's, you know, JV slash freshman or even the prep school just to try and get an opportunity to play somebody, uh, again, because we knew they were quarantined, that type of thing. And, you know, when Army filled up their schedule, that kind of fell off the board a little bit, and, you know, we kept pursuing the Coast Guard angle a little bit. Uh, and, you know, the higher-ups were able to work things out. And, you know, like I said to, to Joe earlier today, um, you know, if we if I tell my guys we're going to play Coast Guard and Croquet or Tiddlywinks, they're going to be pretty jacked up about it. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, our first going to play one game, and it's, and it's against Coast Guard, and I'm sure the Coast Guard guys feel the exact same way. You're playing your arch rival doesn't get any better than that if you really get a chance to play one. Yeah, I th believe uh, from uh, what we uh, also have on the screen coming up here uh, that uh, volleyball and soccer, I want to say, are two other sports that are going to be going forward along with football for what is called the Commissioner's Cup that I think is 26 to 13 in favor of Merchant Marine Academy if uh, Joe was feeding me accurate information, which he always does, so I have no reason to doubt it. Uh, but uh, Merchant Marine and Coast Guard will have a three-game series, essentially, in three different sports, culminating with the November 14th Secretary's Cup game. And, you know, this is a different feel for some but coach remember in the old days before the ESPN grab on this game this game was like the first or second game of the season for uh, these teams uh, back when so I could give you this whole lecture of questioning about well this is going to be very unique because you're going to be starting fresh uh, with uh, you know new players and whatnot against this team but we've been here before haven't we even with both teams lacking a returning starting quarterback uh, this year, Ryan Jones, the Coast Guard side, and Christian Abbott on your side. Are there a lot of holes to fill here, and how are you doing it to prep for a game like this without giving away the company secrets? Well, you know, it's it, it's it's like you said, Ross. It's 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 back to you know, it's back to '06 until we both got back in this in the new Mac in the same league where we we started early. So you know, you know quite know what you're going to get from them. They, they don't quite know what they're going to get from us. And, you know, you, you're evaluating your kids and you're just, 
my thing's always been when you go into the first game, you don't worry about the emotions, especially in this one. Uh, if anything, you got to try and make sure the kids dial it down a little bit, so they're a little, so they play under control. You, if you worry, I I try and work focus more on our guys. If we can do things the right way, we'll have a better chance to make plays. So we worry more about us more than what they have. You know, I mean, obviously we know what they have. You know, Moffitt's back and one seven's back. They've got some dudes back on both sides of the ball. So it's, you know, it, it's certainly not going to be an easy task. Coach, I got a twofer for you. Uh, you we mentioned uh, ESPN uh, earlier there. Is this game going to be broadcast on ESPN again? Uh, we're hoping they don't like they don't let me make those decisions. So, you know, uh, hopefully it is. You know, if it's not, I'm guaranteeing Coast Guard shows up and we will. So we're gonna play. Uh, but it, it would be nice. Supposed to be on ESPN was the original. You know, contract to my understanding is supposed to be on a few more years, and uh, okay. so if, if that's the case, that'd be awesome. All right. And then from a coaching perspective, I mean, do you start coaching, um, you know, putting in a game plan, you know, starting today for this game? I mean, you only got one. Or do you, is there sort of a thing with, you know, in coaching football that you still want to, you know, kind of build up to the fundamentals and, and get, you know, get your program you know, kind of set up? And then once you actually get to game week, you, you sort of activate the, you know, that particular game week plan? Or since you have a longer runway, can you sort of put it in here and there? Right, right now, you know, well, first of all, you know, we had Coast Guard game plan two days after last year's game. So, uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, you know, right now you're, you're trying to evaluate, especially your younger guys, you know, the plebes that just came in. And uh, so we're doing that. You're trying to figure out who can play. We've got time before we've got to line up against them. Like I said, we're only going a few days a week for a little while here. There's no sense ramping it all up right now because it's the game is a ways away, so you don't want to mm -hmm. you know burn the guy, so to speak, before then. So uh, we'll we'll temper the pace, tempo the pace a little bit. But right now we're more worried about us. And then uh, as we get closer, obviously we'll start looking at more film at them and trying to figure out you know how we can try and fix some of the things we didn't do well last year. I'm kind of worried about you for a different reason, Coach. Um, I don't know if the swimming and diving uh, facilities are open right now at Merchant Marine Academy. And I seem to remember a video of you taking a little bit of a, I can't call it a dive because it really was not the form of a dive uh, that we were, were used to. More like a cannonball uh, off uh, the high uh, board up there. Uh, is that going to happen again? I mean, let's talk about why this game. The antics that surround this game are almost on par with Army-Navy, uh, minus the uh, kidnapping of mascots, which I should not put into anybody's heads to the degree that we have mascots uh, achievable at any school here. But, I mean, why is it so important for this game to be a game played and not skipped this year? A lot of people are going to give you some grief on the fact, oh, you're negligently putting people at risk and players at risk and this and that. You know all the things that are going to be coming at you, and Coach Grant knows the same thing over at Coast Guard Academy. Why this game? Why is it that important to play this game on November 14th? Well, first off, from the standpoint of the naysayers that, that are going to speak out about playing it all, you know, and I'm sure I can talk for Coach Grant, if, if they don't think we have our athletes 
you know, health and at the forefront, then they don't have a clue about who we are as men and, and what we do as, as far as the institution goes. And, and the protocols that we have set up to ensure their safety, you know, uh, I, I think is why it's going it's taken so long to come to this decision and, and, and we still have a lot of time leading up to the game. So I think that's the most important thing. Uh, can we guarantee things? No, but by the same token, you know, and, you know, speaking to the guys and parents, you know, if, if people feel unsafe and guys do, then, then they wouldn't play. And if I felt, uns I mean, I'm the old guy, I'll be the oldest guy in the field. And, you know, the old guys are the ones that are most susceptible. So, you know, if, if I felt unsafe, you know, I wouldn't be doing it either. But, um, but when you speak about this game, you know, I mean, as far as the pool and stuff, I have no idea what you're talking about there. So, you know, but uh, when, when it comes to this game, like I said, and if we weren't able to play Coast Guard, we would still would have tried to try and get somebody else. But it worked out really well. And like I said, you know, the nice thing about the service academies is we can control, quote unquote, control the, you know, the, the student body to a certain extent as far as, you know, staying inside the gate and that type of thing. Well, Coach, uh, let's just say that this is uh, going to be exciting for us. Uh, th th there is one request I have, though. I, I think you, we've, ho we've heard of COVID shaming. I need you to do the reverse COVID shaming to the guy that's uh, down there right now. Because we, you and oh, I have talked about... Uh, yeah, him. That guy. Because, uh, you know, you and I talked about me showing up on the 14th. I think we need to do a reprise of our game day uh, in the huddle game day live uh, that we did back at Brockport two years ago at Merchant Marine Academy. And that would require this guy to show up. What do you, what do you think? I know he's in Florida, but you know, is he going to be welcome there? Hey. Uh, the, he, he's a Hobart guy. So, you know, if it was baseball, it counts 0 and 2 and he's got the take sign. So, you know, I mean, listen, you guys are always going to be welcome. You know that we got to, you know, we've already spoken to the AD and, and those types of things to try and figure out a way and procedures and protocols where you guys can be here if you want to. Uh, and, and not just because of the game, but not just because of us, but for what you got to do for Division Three football overall, I think, I think it's really important. Um, and if it wasn't us and it was another game, I know you guys would be there. And... Uh, that's why you guys do a phenomenal job with Division Three. So, Coach, I need to go just to get this replaced. Though I need I need to replace this thing uh, with the Kings Point uh, version of this. I think too. I, I I think Bakes. You know, I don't know if Bakes is going to be strumming his guitar that weekend or not. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if they. We'll see if. Uh, we'll see if your governor allows uh, you know us, us bad people from Florida up, up up there. I don't know. It might take a few more months, but I uh, I do have to say, you know, you got one of the best equipment guys out there, and those uniforms that you guys. I saw the the team pictures, really sharp. I mean, you, it's almost like a almost kind of like a Seattle Seahawk kind of thing going on this year. But you guys always look great. Love the. the you can't do better than an American flag on a helmet. So. Uh, Look good, play good. You're zinging on it. 10 out of 10, as always. Well, I just hope that's the case on the 14th. Coach, 
Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on getting this off the ground. Let's hope it plays. Uh, nothing's for certain in this whole situation, we know. But just to give us a little bit of a Christmas gift here in September, uh, because that's what this feels like, to know that we may have a game to cover somehow here in the fall is just really, really exciting stuff. And that's why we're kicking off Season 13 of In the Huddle with you, sir. Appreciate all your friendship through the years. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. But like I said, it's all about the, the first classmen and, and players, and especially the first classmen, both institutions, you know, being able to get a game this year. So I'm just really happy for that. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Always fun stopping by to talk with Coach Toop. Good to see him, you know, on yeah. the screen here, because like I said, it was always either on audio or in person at the field. So while he's still intimidating on video, I don't feel like I'm like three words away from getting punched out uh, on the field next to him or something. So uh, th that's a relief. But I will see him on November 14th, as long as this goes as planned. Any, I, I guess, do you feel insecure at all about the idea that this game will play? I, just from what's happening or what's happened over the last six months, JB, are you scared that this game won't get played for some reason? Absolutely not. I mean, to Coach Toop's point, I mean, these institutions are <laughs> talk about bubbles. I mean, you know, there's like armed guards. You know, no one's no one's getting in there who's who's COVID positive, and and uh, you know, no one's leaving either. So I think uh, these two schools are probably about as safe as it possibly gets. And what we've seen kind of across the the, the country, I think about half the states in the in the nation right now are playing high school football. Uh, we've seen you know at the at the Division one level, uh, some of the power fives like the SEC is going to get going this weekend. We've seen um, the ACC. All of these schools are out there playing. There's sure there's been a few uh, COVID issues uh, on a small scale here and there. But this this disease is you know, six, seven months into it now. I think we kind of know what we're up against. And even though that there are still people who like to, you know, keyboard warrior and, and say this or that or the other thing about what it is or what it isn't and, you know, what, you, what you're doing or what you're don't doing, um, you know, or what you're not doing, I should say, uh, it's – I think at this point in time, it's about as safe as possible. Uh, and certainly, uh, especially in the case of these academies, the way things are so uh, regimented and locked down, they'll be fine. It's a shame that they, they couldn't uh, possibly do it sooner. Um, you know, November is a long way to wait, and it's going to be pretty cold up there by then. But, hey, it's better than nothing. My, my printer got excited from you uh, even mentioning it over here. I decided to uh, cycle on for a second there. Sorry about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, there is risk. Um, Trying was supposed to play, I think it was Indiana Wesleyan this uh, last weekend on the 18th. It got canceled on the 17th. Yep. We don't know exactly the reasoning for that. It could be COVID-related. We're not sure. Uh, but Trine is going to give it a go. Let's look at, I, we're going to put uh, on the screen here all the uh, Heartland uh, Conference games that are planned between, I believe it's uh, Trine, Manchester, Adrian, and Bluffton uh, at this point. And Trine also has some NAIA games planned before that, the heart of that schedule. The HCAC is basically going to play nine games, or at least Manchester is, uh, between the fall and the spring, which means that eligibility is at risk here. This is a yeah. debate question for a lot of people is it worth well, risking eligibility by playing more than five games jb 
uh, for a conference like this or any conference across the country right now, or do you think they should keep it at five games or under if they're going to if they're going to give spring ball a try here? Well, I think if if you know if I'm the if I'm the coaches and ads and presidents of these schools. And you know, I, I do kind of have a sort of legal question for you based on the requirements of the NCAA. Like, how are they even pulling this off without? I mean, for the most part, I mean, I guess they're saying that they're kind of rolling the dice on the on the waiver stuff, on the insurance, on the on the testing. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do to make these games happen, but apparently they're doing something. But I think if I'm in their sort of headspace, I might think, you know what? Might as well play them now because there's no guarantee that we're going to be able to play them in the spring. Like Dr. Strickland said on our show a few months back, I mean, there's COVID is going to still be around. Maybe there'll be a vaccine. Uh, but the way the NCAA rules have been laid out, spring football, and especially with the bit, what the Big Ten has been doing, it's going to – the chances of spring football to me still feel like a major long shot. So I guess if you feel like, hey, you're going to – you're okay with rolling the dice and playing now and see what happens. Great. Because, you know, games in March, I know that there've been a lot of schools uh, kind of lately starting to put out some spring schedules in different conferences. No guarantee that those are, those games are actually going to happen. Well, here's what we know that obviously they're not going to be allowed to put uh, liability waivers uh, into play here or a mandatory liability waivers for the players um, that they're going to have to allow opt outs to the degree that players want to opt out, they're going to have the ability to. Uh, that will, you know, remedy the whole uh, nine-game situation. And one of the things that you notice is that they're trying to play as many games as possible, like four-ish games, it looks like, is the goal in the fall, and then the remainder in the spring. So it's technically possible to opt out for a term and not exhaust your eligibility at that point if they can finagle it with the NCAA that way. Where things are a little bit questionable is... What's the testing uh, going to be? You know, is it going to meet the standards of the NCAA? Obviously, it's not going to meet the standards of the Big Ten and the Pac-12, where they're trying to do daily testing with rapid testing. It's just not available to schools in Division Three, and it no. won't be. And when you start no. seeing discussion about the, an ACC basketball bubble for conference games, you start to ask the question out loud that you kind of just alluded to: Are we going to even see? spring sports played in division three because if these schools are basically saying the only safe way to do this is if we go into a bubble mode division three can't do that there's no way to do it that way and so division one's backing division three and division two into into a corner of sorts here by some of the shocking yeah some of the extreme decisions that are coming out or discussions that are coming out here and like you said there are no guarantees but i will say this how many seniors, how many of any year player, let's say, are going to really stay for a fifth year, that is, actually play this year, and then play in the year that would constitute their fifth year at the school if they were to get the waiver for this year? How many are going to really pay at private schools an additional, what, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 to do it just to play the game of football? There are some. But there aren't many, I would uh, make the contention out there. And how many schools are going to have the ability to actually make it happen, provide accommodations for those players, financial aid for those players, et cetera, for the extra year if that wasn't the intention in the first place? So the question of the waiver in the fifth year becomes a little bit of a red herring, I think. And so I don't mind seeing the 
nine-ish game schedule that's out there right now for the Heartland uh, Conference. And I don't mind conferences trying to think outside the box and maybe advance some of these games like you're saying. It's just there's no consistency between a lot of these conferences right now as to when to start the games, what the ultimate end goal of the games are. A lot of them are trying the two-division model where we're going to take our 10 teams or whatever number of teams we have in our conference, split them in half unnaturally, create divisions, they'll play each other, and then we'll have crossover games and the fifth game of the uh, session, which will either be week five or week six of their season. But, you know, we see the ASC starting in February. We see others starting in March without any playoffs, obviously, so there's no need to really end at the same time. But how far into April and May are we going to go in some of these conferences? We don't know. So there's a lot open to be answered here, question-wise. You brought it up, though. Dr. Strickland took a lot of uh, pounding in terms of uh, the response to the interview about COVID and the discussion about vaccines. And, oh, you're still going to need to test and you're still going to need to you know, do things here to make sure COVID's not going to play a role, you, you'll still have the issues you had in the fall and the spring. We all kind of like laughed it off like, what is he talking about, silly man? No, he's 100% right. And I think it was a wake-up call to us on the show to the degree we believed him. And to the degree you didn't, you're waking up to realize now he was right. Yeah, and, and and to a certain extent, on the kind of more on the worst case scenario, uh, given some of the rules that we're seeing instituted with certain institutions across Division Three, uh, entire teams are now being suspended. And you know, even if they had a potential uh, opportunity to have a season, the schools are kicking them out because of uh, reports of parties or something like this uh, off campus and, and so on and so forth. So now you've got that to deal with. Um, in addition to all the NCAA and other um, obstacles. So it's going to be a challenging uh, year for, uh, for student athletes. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny. There's going to be a lot of, um, well, I guess, uncertainty too, because any, it could, anything could change from, from day to day, from week to week. So uh, I think it's, it's great to see that there are some efforts being made to try to give uh, Division three student-athletes an opportunity like their uh, D1 um, peers have been given and have proven that they can that seasons can be successful. Um, you know, certainly it helps to have a little extra money in your wallet, but there is a formula that's working um, and we're not really seeing, you know, kind of the consequences that some of the, you know, chicken littles out there uh, back in the summertime were claiming would happen. Yeah, I mean, infection numbers are up, but testing numbers, we, we had a day on Sunday where we had over a million tests reported uh, on the COVID tracking project. That was the, a record. And so as schools have gone back into session and aggressively tested, I've noticed that the numbers have gone up both in testing and infections. But generally, sure. the numbers for hospitalizations as a percentage of infections for college students has dropped because what we've done is we've spotted asymptomatic cases or cases that would have never gotten tested for in the first place. We're spotting them. Right. Those, those people probably would never have gone for a test unless they got to a point of needing to be hospitalized at the ages of 19 yeah. to 23, Florida's shows. So you, you've noticed... Over the last week to two weeks, the number of hospitalizations of that age group as a percentage of infections, uh, positive infections, has dropped. 
And that's what's happening here in this country right now, across the country. Schools, I think, are responsible, both younger schools and colleges and universities, for this testing onslaught and spotting a lot more infections from the group that we knew were going to be the bigger carriers, ultimately, especially the college and high school students out there. And that's what's happening in the numbers. Are infections bad in terms of higher numbers of infections? Absolutely. But to your point, we knew this was going to happen. We knew the numbers were going to go up. The second wave of this is no worse than the first wave. We just didn't have the testing to prove it in the first few months of this. And now that we do, you, you see this graph that goes like this, and you're like, oh, look at that second spike. It's horrible. And then in reality, you realize we're testing triple, quadruple as much as we were back then. That's yeah. what's going on here. It sucks people are dying, no doubt. It sucks that people are getting hospitalized, no doubt. But the risk group is not the 18 to 23 year olds out there. The risk group is the people who are older like we knew in the first place. The Mike Toops of the world need to be careful, need to be responsible ultimately, and his uh, players need to appreciate that with their coaches as well across the country. But we can play football. We've said it here numerous times. For as much as that we had to be negative on this show, you can play football safely across the country and you can attend school to a certain degree without concern about the worst of the ramifications of COVID, unless you have pre-existing conditions or risk factors that have been discussed for six months. That's why we're excited about this. That's why we want to bring you season 13 in some format. I'm going to go out on the road and we're going to bring you a couple uh, sets of these or a few sets of these uh, throughout the next month or so of me going out to schools to do, to either allow me on campus for whatever reason, not just COVID, but because they hate me probably, they may not let me. But um, <laughs> Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them we got a real big COVID problem, even though we don't. It just it, don't let yeah, me. Yeah, right. Uh, no, it, it's, it, we're going to go to some schools and talk to coaches and players and see what life is like, how they're preparing for whatever the spring may bring. What are the feelings? How many players didn't show up and said, we're not going to come in until spring this year, this, this uh, school year, or next fall, ultimately. We want to just take a look uh, throughout the country, throughout the region at least, and catch up with some old friends and some new ones as well, and bring them, uh, bring you their stories throughout this season. That's how we're going to do this. We don't want to just sit idle here on season 13. JB, once Florida lets you leave, you're leaving that state. Well, it's not even a question of Florida letting you leave. It's a question of you coming up here and being allowed here without a quarantine situation. You're coming up yeah. here, okay? We, we need to we need to go talk to these teams and show them you are real. You're not just a robot on the other side of this uh, frame here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> the way you spot stats, some people do wonder sometimes. But, um, yeah, indeed. Yeah. So stay tuned. Throughout the next uh, month or so, especially, we're going to have uh, some of the on-the-road stuff that I'm going to compile over the next couple weeks. And we're going to be breaking you some news. We're going to go over some games that get played, hopefully. And let's hope. Uh, You know what? There were doubters out there that the Big Ten wouldn't play at all. And we all know what happened after August 11th, the announcement. And they're going to play, it looks like. So who knows? Maybe this announcement and this show will spur more teams to take a look again and say, you know what? To heck with this whole spring thing. Let's play football in the fall of 2020. I hope we have some more games to cover beyond this one. Final thoughts? 
Uh, not really. I'm just excited that you know we got we got one, and that's a start. Uh, I mean, obviously the 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 games in the Midwest, we'll we'll keep uh, keep tabs on and and report on those. And if any other stuff comes up, we'd be happy to um, you know cover that as well. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to a former guest of the show, and as I'm looking behind you, that Springfield football shirt, Hunter Belzo, is signed with an indoor football league. Uh, we might actually have some. Um, you know, some coaches or, and or players that are trying to do stuff at the next level like we've had in, in prior years. I mean, COVID was a disaster for the un, uh, the undrafted free agent pool in the NFL, and it really limited the opportunity. Same thing with the, with the folding of the XFL. Uh, but there are still some leagues out there, you know, the NAL, I think, and, and others that, that there are some uh, players like, like Hunter that are trying to uh, – still keep their football dreams alive keep playing and to the extent we can track those down and tell you about them we will try we'll do our best to to keep you informed d'angelo fulford from union uh, Corey williams from uh wesley um david tomorrow yeah. even uh from uh, john hopkins although I, I think he's moving on to that next phase of his life of making a lot of money from uh, his uh, Plan B job, uh, essentially, which is really pro- probably a John Hopkins. Like venture graduate. capital or something. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to be doing just fine. That's really Plan A, I think, if it's uh, Johns Hopkins uh, <laughs> and a student there. So yeah, I shouldn't call it Plan B for him. But there are a bunch of players that we've talked about uh, Nick sure. D. Carano, who were trying to sell to the uh, Bengals after uh, their week one kicking hey, debacle. Hey, Patriots, you yep. need a kicker. Come on. Deeks is your guy. He's right down the street from you, from Foxborough. Come on, guys. Get, get him over there. But we have a lot of players that we want to talk about. Even Andrew Franks, uh, who, uh, you know, wants to get back into the kicking game. Let's hope that he gets out there. We have the XFL possibly coming back next year. We have... The uh, National Arena League uh, coming up, uh, hopefully, as well. We have opportunities. We're going to cover those. That's going to be Season 13. We're going to kind of duff it. Hey, the, I, I don't play golf enough, so at least I get to duff something here. Uh, I don't get to yeah, duff exactly. on the uh, course. But, you know, that's that's Season 13, folks. Uh, it may sound like an unlucky number to some. It's lucky we're even going forward with it, as far as I'm concerned. And we look forward to bringing you content throughout this season and maybe in the spring but we are going to uh you know see how it goes so stay tuned on twitter throughout uh we have put our twitter handles on the screen here this year so that uh, you don't forget what they are and that's the best way to stay tuned to see what we're up to next here on in the huddle for jb this is frank saying see you next time